Dear friends in Jesus Christ, Happy New Year. It might sound a little bit premature, but we have begun the new church year officially tomorrow, but we can talk about it today as we gather here on Saturday for our divine service. When we begin the new church year, we begin with the season of Advent. If you can see the image there, you know how the church year works. Now we're beginning Advent, and then we go on to Christmas, celebrating the birthday of Jesus, and then we go on to Epiphany. Epiphany is such an important season as God makes it known to us in many and various ways that the babe born in Bethlehem, that he is God in human flesh. Once we know that, we're able to go into the season of Lent where he goes to pay the penalty for our sins and to win our salvation. And then during the season of Easter, we are rejoicing that he is our risen Savior. And then we come to the season of Trinity or Pentecost where now as he has lived and died for us and has risen from the dead, so now we are focused on growing up in him and living for him. This is the beginning of all of that here today as we begin the church year in the season of Advent. Well, I wanted to point out that this year is a little bit unusual. So Advent begins on the latest possible day. Why is that? Well, that's because Christmas Eve falls right on the fourth Sunday of Advent. So you can see the calendar there. So if you take a look at the dates, you can see that that fourth Sunday that is Christmas Eve right on that day. So here we are beginning Advent this year on December 3rd. But if you think about last year, Advent began on November 27. So it's quite a difference from one year to the other. You might have noticed also this year we had a, a week in between Thanksgiving and Advent. Normally we don't, but because Advent started so late, we had that week in between. Well, that's not so important, but with Advent, what does it mean? Advent means coming. So what are we doing during Advent? This is a time to double check our readiness for Jesus' second coming. So like today with the gospel reading, we are thinking about the end of the world and the return of Christ. That's how we begin the season of Advent with that kind of a flavor about the second coming of Christ. As we move through Advent, we're gonna focus more and more on celebrating the first coming of Christ. So that's what we think about when it comes to the season of Advent. Advent, when we think about it, it is not a season to celebrate. It's a little bit unusual here. We're all decorated for Christmas and it's only the beginning of Advent. That wasn't the tradition many years ago, but it's something that's a little bit expected in the world today. In other words, right after Thanksgiving, people are wanting to begin celebrating Christmas already, but really though, this is not the time to celebrate Christmas. Advent is a time to remember our sins. Advent is a time to be sorry for our sins. Advent is to understand our great need for Jesus. Does that make sense? Think about it. If all of that wasn't true about us, the Son of God would not have had to put on flesh and live and die for us. So let's remember it is our 
horrible situation that moved God the Father to send his son to win our salvation. Let's keep that in mind as we move through the season of Advent and then, and then Christmas. Well, that's a whole different flavor. Now we're celebrating God's great love and we're celebrating God's great son. That begins on Christmas Eve and goes through the 12 days of Christmas. But really Advent though should have a little bit different flavor to it. I hope that makes some sense. Today, we are focusing on the Old Testament reading. So we're in Isaiah chapter 64, picking up in verse one. I'm gonna read the reading. We're gonna go through these different parts of paying attention to the Lord, how that's important, waiting on the Lord, admitting our sins, seeking his forgiveness. So getting right to our text now, uh, paying attention to the Lord, the Bible says, oh, that the Lord would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains might quake at your presence. As fire kindles the brushwood, as fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, that the nations may tremble at your presence. When you did awesome things, which we did not expect, you came down, the mountains quaked at your presence. So we might say, when was this that the mountains quaked at the presence of God? Well, if we go back to Mount Sinai, so we go back about 3,400 years to the time of Moses, so the people of Israel, they have recently left Egypt. Now they're there at Mount Sinai. This is what the Bible says going back to Exodus chapter 19. It came about on the third day when it was morning that there were thunder and lightning flashes and a thick cloud upon the mountain and a very loud trumpet sound so that all the people who were in the camp trembled. And Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was all in smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire, and its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mountain quaked violently. That was a way back then of the Lord's getting the people's attention. Don't we live in a world today where people have forgotten how awesome God is? We need that today. We need God to do something dramatic to get our attention. For all of us, we tend to become complacent unless God does that or unless we would remember more vividly all the ways he did that in the Bible. That can be helpful as well. Has the Lord sought our attention? He has. He has done that through various awesome events in history. For example, think about the great defeat of Jerusalem in AD 70. Over one million people put to death, about 100,000 enslaved. That was a shocking, shocking thing with the temple being destroyed and the city being destroyed and so on. That was a way for the Lord to get the attention of people. What about back in 1980 with the eruption of Mount St. Helen? We've never seen such a cataclysmic event in modern history. 
It was such a strong eruption, so much greater. Some people say, if you think about the atomic bombs that were dropped in World War II, they say the strength of the eruption of Mount St. Helen was 25,000 times greater than the atomic bombs that were dropped in World War II. This was a huge thing showing the great power of our great God. And of course, many of us, we think about the terrorist attacks of September 11th, 2001. These are all ways that God was trying to grab our attention, trying to remind us of our sin and of his great power and calling us to highly respect him as the almighty God. Some events can be terrifying. Sometimes we can get caught in the midst of them, but God is causing them sometimes for our good to get our attention. If people become complacent of the Almighty God, that is never, ever going to be a good thing. And then continuing in the text here, picking up in verse 4, For from days of old they have not heard or perceived by ear, nor has the eye seen a God besides you, who acts in behalf of the one who waits for him. You meet him who rejoices in doing righteousness, who remembers you in your ways. So waiting, isn't that a tough thing? You know, we live in like a fast food society. So we expect everything right away. Waiting, that can be a difficult thing. Waiting to drink something when you are parched or waiting to eat something when you are starving or waiting for relief when you are suffering so much with pain. What does waiting do? When we are waiting in a difficult situation, that is expressing our trust in the Almighty God to act when and how he knows best. So whenever things are difficult, let us trust in the Lord Let's be certain he's aware of it. He will take action. He will take action when he knows it is best and how he knows it is best. May God help us to do such things. And then in the reading here, it talked about this topic of doing right. When we do right, some important ingredients are important here. First of all, when we do right, may it always come from a repentant heart. Let's not be hypocrites. Oh, inside we're not believing, outside we're making it look right. Let's not do that. May it come from a repentant heart, so important. And then let us do right in order to honor our great God. That's a great reason to do right. And then let us understand about this passage here in 2 Chronicles chapter 16. Notice how wonderful it is. May God put all of us in this category. For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. Wouldn't that be so awesome if that was true for every one of us that our heart was completely his and then to know that the Almighty God is constantly scanning the entire earth 
looking for people like you and me in order to richly, richly bless us and also to powerfully use us. May God either put us into that category if we're not already there, and if we are already there, may he keep us in that very blessed position. And then we come to the topic here of admitting our sins. The text continues, Behold, you were angry, for we sinned. We continued in them for a long time. And shall we be saved? For all of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a filthy garment. All of us wither like a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, take us away. There is no one who calls on your name who arouses himself to take hold of you. For you have hidden your face from us and have delivered us into the power of our iniquities. When we sin for a long time without repentance, isn't it easy to come to the conclusion that, oh, I have messed up so much for so long, there's no way that God would ever, ever forgive my sins. That's a natural conclusion to come to. I want to share with you a quote here out of the Lutheran Study Bible, and it's on the topic of a farmer winnowing the grain. So it says, winnowing farmers harvested the grain and on a breezy evening would throw it into the air. Since the chaff was lighter than the grain, the breeze would blow the chaff away, accumulated chaff was burned, a vivid picture of the end of a life divorced from God. Unfortunately, that happens with many. They were with God, they divorced God, they went their own way, they did their own thing, and in the end, they're going to be burned up like chaff. But it doesn't have to be that way, though. If those words describe your life or the life of someone you know, understand that the Lord is calling you to admit your sin and be sorry for your sin. It's not too late. It's not too late. No matter what you have done, you have not committed the unforgivable sin. There is always hope in Jesus Christ, but he's calling for sincere repentance. Then in the final part here, we come to the topic of seeking his forgiveness, picking up in verse 8. But now, O Lord, you are our father, we are the clay, and you our potter, and all of us are the work of your hand. Do not be angry beyond measure, O Lord, nor remember iniquity forever. Behold, look now, all of us are your people." Here we are in the season of Advent. What is a proper attitude for the season of Advent? The Bible tells us that the Lord, he is the potter. He is in charge. We are only the clay. So it's good to keep things in perspective. How often do all people, including you and me, 
We try to take the position of the potter. We try to grab our lives and take control of our lives rather than understand that the Almighty God, He is the potter, we are the clay, He has the right to make us and mold us according to His will, according to His plan for us. Since He has made us, our lives belong to Him. Therefore, let us turn from our sins let us seek his forgiveness. And then finally, let's understand the Lord's mercy through Jesus. So for people who have sinned and sinned and sinned, and they think it's impossible, let's understand that yes, our sins have deserved the Lord's eternal anger. That's what they have done. But what has happened though? The Lord has shown us great mercy the mercy of the Lord is greater than our sins. Think about that. The mercy of the Lord is greater than our sins. Let's not forget that. So what did the great love and mercy of God do? The great love and mercy of God sent his own son into the world, and after he lived that perfect life, then he's nailed to a cross, and then all of our sins are put upon him, and then the Almighty God pours out his eternal wrath upon his Son and crushes him with the eternal punishment that we deserve. He did all of that to take away our sins, to open the way for us to be with him forever and ever. Thinking about what was said today, how can we go forward in our lives? These are my suggestions. Let us keep paying attention to the Lord. Let's not wait till he hits us on the side of the head with a two by four. Rather, let us just keep paying attention. Let us keep waiting on the Lord. Why waiting can be so hard, but let us keep focused on him. What is a great way to wait? A great way to wait is to spend time reading the word of God, listening to God speak to us, and then speaking back to him in prayer. When we're having a hard time waiting, dig into his word and talk to him in prayer. Let us keep admitting our sins. Let's never be like Adam and Eve, blaming someone else. When we sin, let's admit it. Also, too, let us keep seeking his forgiveness. And finally, let us be sure that we have his forgiveness through Jesus. Now, this is the important one. So oftentimes, people are putting their emotions here, and the word of God is here. So then they say, oh, I don't feel like I'm forgiven. Even though the word of God says they are forgiven in Christ, they keep saying, I don't feel like I'm forgiven. So their feelings are canceling out the word of God. What is so critical that we have the word of God here, and even though we don't feel forgiven, what is the word of God going to do? The word of God will impress upon us that yes, indeed, when we have that repentant heart and we are trusting alone in Jesus Christ 
for eternal life, then God will assure us by the work of the Holy Spirit, God will assure us that we are forgiven. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we have been so bad to you, yet amazingly, you have been so good to us. We pray that you would fill us with thanksgiving. We pray that you would draw us closer and closer to you. And finally, we pray that you would bring our families, our friends, and our neighbors, anyone who is not yet in your heavenly kingdom, we pray that you would bring them in. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.